0: shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others welcome to the adventures in tech podcast talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students here are your hosts andrew and dan Welcome to episode 20 of the Adventures in Tech podcast. I am one of your hosts,
1: Andrew. And I'm the other host,
0: Dan. And we are excited you have joined us on this jersey. Dan, can't believe it's 20 episodes already. I know,
1: for real. 20 episodes.
0: It's it's crazy. It's mind-boggling. But if you like the content, help us out by providing feedback and a rating on wherever you download your podcast from. We greatly appreciate your support. We have a ton of classroom updates. Before we get to that, Dan, I gotta get my would you rather. Here we go. And it's only fitting that I'm using this one this week. I do. All right, bring it. Would you rather, and I think you could do this anyways, win an Olympic gold medal or an Academy Award? Don't be Will Smith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, You didn't gosh. know where I was going with that I, one. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I think I'd rather win an Olympic gold medal. <laughs> yeah, you probably can with how much you run, so oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think that would be... Uh, Much more satisfying at this moment.
0: I think so as well. Yeah, it's only fitting. So, uh, okay. Anyways, before we go off the rails. So, let's get right into the nitty-gritty and the classroom updates. Dan, I know you've been busy with sixth grades. Let's just give a little synopsis of of what's going on.
1: Um, So, we're looking at... A lot of the different, you know, we've really been building a lot with the teachers that we're working with, and a lot as a result of this podcast. Yep, a thousand say. percent. So that, that's that been great, um, opening up a lot of different doors for Andrew and myself to get into the classroom. So kind of working with sixth grade, they've been doing a lot of writing when it comes to teen activism, and they were identifying teen activists and basically researching and writing about their motivations and their efforts. So we kind of took it and we worked with, um, you know, the teachers and also with our PD specialists and, you know, kind of taking it to another level. Um, looking at they have all this great research on teen activism, but then we posed them with a question, you know, a driving question. What does it mean to be a teen activist? So we mm. kinda went through a design thinking process and now they're taking all their research to answer the question. What does it mean to be an activist? So it, it's been pretty exciting and the quality of work has been, you know, honestly it's been spectacular what the students are coming up with and you know, working with them to really provide their their information that they know to an audience and we're using podcasting, of course, as that as that venue. The platform, yeah. As <laughs> that platform. So been there for a week or so and looking forward to getting those recordings and sharing them out. It'll be wrapping up in the next uh, couple days, right? Right. So the, the great thing is, it's you know, we look at these little, I guess we can call it a mini PBL experience sure. that, that we went through, um, kind of like as John and Tara call it, their PBL tepis Yeah. Um, so we uh, went this little mini PBL and really it's been two days in the classroom and another two for recording. So, you know, taking that opportunity doesn't dominate, you know, your whole day and everything you're doing. So really thankful for that.
0: Yeah, uh, lots been going on, and I know I want to talk to you about one other thing. Um, but before I forget, you know, I had the experience where I was actually able to work with uh, the anatomy class over at John Jay, and we had a special guest. You know, we talk about those experiences, maybe not being able to go on field trips like normal, but we said bring those experts in, and in. You know, some are in person, some are still connecting virtually. So we were able to talk with Dr. Fulton of the uh, Westchester Medical Center Corporation and had a huge discussion on uh, vascular surgery, and it was awesome. The students were so engaged. He was great. Uh, and, again, just another thing of way to really engage your students mm-hmm. is bringing those experts in. And, you know, now where they go from there. And these kids had great questions. I was like, I was blown away. So, uh, you know, big props to uh, their their teacher, It was awesome, Dan. I want to talk. We talked about March Madness and your green screening,
1: (laughs) right? So again, you know, um, working with some ninth graders um, through the month, the March, they've been doing a poetry uh, poetry bracket challenge. Great. So I know the teachers who are doing this are probably listening to this right now, but I just really want to give kudos to them throughout the whole process because. You know, it was really great to see the students take ownership. You know, you definitely ride those waves in these experiences. Like you hit really high points, you go to low points where you think, are they really going to be able to pull it together? But I think overall, um, I don't think I know overall, it was such an amazing learning experience. So they basically were analyzing um, different poems and through their analysis, they were trying to see, you know, convince people which poems Um, Should win as they faced off with one another and they presented their evidence for the final four using some green screen recording And what I really liked about it is the students got into the editing and production aspects of it as well So that's been super fun
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, I I got to see bits and pieces of it Uh, I know you took the reins on that one, but I can't wait to see the uh, the final the final product with that uh, other things that have been going on, we, we do have a lot of uh, trailers. Uh, we're starting our um, uh, writing reviews and kind of uh, I think the teachers have decided to go to a uh, podcast format in first grade with writing and discussion of restaurant reviews and really elaborating on what they liked on the menu and reasons why. So that's going to be, uh, you know, exciting as that kind of my Yelp comes, review I template Yelp. I made for you. I love it. They're, they're loving it. And, I, and I, are you using it? it? So uh, again, teacher choice. We gave them that. We gave him regular mm-hmm. green screen. We gave him podcast. As of now, I think they're going to do the audio, but I think we want to take it one step further, where the audio will then go on the Yelp review. Right.
1: I had so much fun making <laughs> that Yelp review. Yeah. Slide. So
0: uh, that's that. You know, it's uh, you know, I don't want to overwhelm anyone with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is going on? So I know. Uh, we have a lot of podcasting. I was launching a uh, number talks with uh, a bunch of our PD specialists and fourth and fifth grade classrooms. So the podcast systems are out and about and uh, really getting utilized. Uh, so that is coming up uh, as we start to, uh, you know, have them, the students record and produce their podcasts, uh, you know, in general. And then we also have, uh, I had the opportunity to work with first graders and we green screened and this was great when we talked about the science standards with sound and light waves. And uh, the teacher and our PD specialist, Tara, had brought in uh, particular emotions. And I tell you, the, the videos were awesome. And it really, the kids were able to relate to it because they kind of tied it into the, the movie Inside Out. Mm. So uh, another great experience for our students. Another, you know, uh, PBL a uh, thing that, you know, with tr- the students were able to transfer that knowledge of the sound and light waves, and they created this performance to show these emotions. And we know that's so important after coming out of the pandemic, so the students were really able to express themselves. So there's just a ton going on at this time of the year. And I, I, I'd be remiss if I don't mention, Dan, what we found last week. And we're going to put a link. Music Lab.
1: Oh, Chrome Experiments. Chrome experiments com. So we're going to yeah, put that in lab. there. <laughs> we so had some fun with that. We did. So it was, yeah, we, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole. No, no. There's, there's a lot
0: in there. So uh, lots going on in the classrooms and uh, just want to talk now weekly windup. All right. Uh, we have been talking about uh, Google Classroom and uh, so Google Workspace is now going to have practice sets in Google Classroom, and you're going to be able to create those interactive assignments, and it'll be launching in beta.
1: All right, and they have some auto-grading built in, and teachers can receive performance insights and snapshots into student progress and use those insights to help inform future lessons, so...
0: So it is coming. We don't know exactly right. when, but, uh, you know, you may be able to say, what is this? So you can say you heard it here first, right? Right, so that's it. When, it. when Breaking news. When it does come out, it will be available to Google Workspace Education Plus and the teaching and learning upgrade uh, customers for those who subscribe to that within their districts.
1: All right, Google I, Meet. Yeah, I got my one, first one the other day when I just had a quick Google Meet with one other person. I said, hey, I got an attendance report for that. So right. uh, Google Meet attendance reports are available now um, for meetings with two or more participants. I think it used to be five. It was five. five so now if you have two people, you'll get that attendance report sent to you
0: which you know it can be beneficial as you're meeting with if it's not just a phone call or whatnot I mean they can be use a phone call uh parents you know but that communication factor then you then have proof of record that you have met with a parent or a team about a student and there's all that data to support as you're trying to support the student's academic progress so uh yeah. just another report tool that can help us right. sticking with google meet Let's talk about noise cancellation. They're kind of moving that a little bit further, uh, you know, and it's going to be in uh, every Google Workspace edition. Mm -hmm. Not that it was um, not really needed, but the noise cancellation, uh, so the background noises won't come through. So when, uh, you know, your dog's barking, Dan, we won't hear it. Basically, that's what it comes down to.
1: My dog has so much character. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, and finally, news-wise, we want to talk about the Efficient Teach Right. Right. Station rotation cards. which will be a good segue. I
1: think that will be a good segue. So this was um, I got this in my email the other day. Um, Of course, Matt Miller, we talked about his efficient teach. Uh, I think we'll be hearing from Matt directly in a a little bit. Um, But, you know, one things that we talked about in our blended learning with uh, looking at Catlin Tucker and how to, you know, integrate that and infuse that in the classroom was the idea of station rotation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know we had a lot of feedback asking about that model. So when Matt released this as a part of his Efficient Teach um, book that's coming out, I thought we should talk about and add it into our resources in the show notes. Um, So station rotation cards, it's a Google slide deck that you can make a copy of. And what it does is it gives you ideas for different um, stations in your classroom for yep. students to run through. And th- it's really nice. It's broken down for all levels, then K2, 3, 5, yep. 6, 8, 9, 12. And then it has a blending of offline um, stations, online and blended. So there's a lot of cool resources in there.
0: It's really almost like a, a cheat sheet. And remember, that, uh, as we've discussed, the Efficient Teach premise is teach better and save time for what mm-hmm. matters most. So uh, I'm excited to see where uh, the Efficient Teach book goes, uh, you know, with the crowdsourcing of of the book. I think it's going to be a phenomenal book when everything is said and done. And uh, you're right. So that's going to get us into... Our, our guest, our uh, a distinguished guest, I should say, and we'd like to call him the Maverick Educator. And we're going to talk about Matt Miller. I did want to mention with things going on before we get to Matt, mm-hmm. we will be after this episode, we're going to be taking a little hiatus with spring break and live episodes will be coming back. We will have a replay episode and a live episode will be launching again on I believe it will be April 21st will be the next uh, new episode. So without further ado, let's talk to our Maverick educator, Matt Miller. So Matt is the distinguished author, podcaster, blogger, everything. And he's got Tech Like a Pirate. But he also has uh, other books that he's written that he can give us a little insight on as well. One is Do More with Google Classroom, Ditch That Textbook, uh, Ditch That Homework, and Don't Ditch That Tech. Is
2: that correct? Uh, Hit them all, Matt. You got them all that's right one two three four five yep you got them we're oh. gonna open up dice you know tell matt tell us a little bit about your inspiration behind the tech like a pirate book okay so you you asked about the inspiration behind tech like a pirate yes okay cool so um it, it really i mean very much came out of my own high school spanish class uh just like we were talking about um So here I am in little bitty rural West Central Indiana, um, teaching at little rural schools, public schools, um, to give you kind of an idea of how small we're talking about, like the last school that I taught at had a graduating class of 32 kids. Uh, We had a drive your tractor to school day once. (laughs) so if that kind of gives you a a picture any of you like grew up in one of those schools like familiar with those kind of schools not really okay all right maybe maybe a few all right uh so um anyway uh you know teaching at the at uh those little bitty schools thankfully you know we had some technology um you know most recently i taught in a school that had not quite one-to-one chromebooks but we had a whole bunch of chromebook carts and so we did lots and lots of stuff in my class with Chromebooks. But before that, you know, years ago, I was taking kids to the, you know, down to the computer lab if I could. We had these, like, tank-sized rolling carts with um, laptops in them and these, like, big, heavy external batteries that you could plug into them that was awful. It took, like, three kids to push these carts down to your room. And there was a flat spot on the wheels, so it was, like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully we've evolved from there. But, um, anyway, uh, throughout my, uh, my time kind of getting to know that technology and figuring out how it fit in my classroom. Um, I kept kind of like coming back to this idea that when I was teaching straight out of the textbook, you know, marching chapter by chapter through the textbook, assigning worksheets, assigning workbook pages and all of that stuff. And, um, you know it kind of had these glazed over looks on my students' faces. Um, you know whenever I tried to talk to them in Spanish, I wasn't getting a whole lot out of it. And I'm like, man, there's gotta be something better than this. There's got to be a better, a better way. And um so I just, you know, started looking for ways that we could make class engaging and interesting and make sure that it still served the purpose of the class. You know, that it's still that it's still focused in on on good learning. And so really since um, since I got this book, "Teach Like a Pirate" by Dave Burgess, that was the one that kind of started everything. I remember reading this book, and I kept seeing all of these hooks. You know, there were these ideas that he had for making class interesting and fun and engaging, and I kept thinking of ways to use technology to do all of those. And so I, I got this book like all the way back in 2013. Uh, I mean, I've had this thing for a long time. Um, to show you that, to tell you the the like brand of teacher geek that I am, I don't know if any of you can sympathize with this, but like the brand of teacher geek that I am. Um, I asked for this book, Teach Like a Pirate, for my birthday. It was a birthday present. Awesome. Anybody can relate to that? Uh, maybe not so much. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's cool. That's um, cool. So uh, yeah, the the more that I looked at it, the more that I loved the ideas in it. And I kept like brainstorming all these ways to do it with technology. And I didn't realize it. But when I read that book for the first time in 2013, all the way up until 2020, when this book was published, I was kind of like writing that book. I was writing Tech Like a Pirate for the last, what, seven years or whatever. So um, that's really what it is, is just my own personal desire to make uh class engaging and it's like asking the question can technology help you do that and i found that the answer is yes and uh i found that there are kind of like seven or eight main areas where i was seeing success and i knew other teachers were seeing success different ways of using technology to make class engaging and so those became some of the main chapters of the book so you know i could probably tell you that some of these what some of them are, and it won't surprise you because you know you've been in it like social media, and apps, video, um, games, images, you know, just different stuff like that. And so I wrote entire chapters based on those things in hopes of giving you some ideas and giving you some stuff to think about, so you could come up with your own ideas. So that is where Tech Like a Pirate came from.
0: That's great you know thanks matt and you know it's funny you bring that up we we really honed in on you know uh, the chapters you were just talking about too when we talked about being a maverick teacher yes. and creating the experience without actually needing the technology because obviously you know uh, at the forefront is obviously kids uh, you know and we have K12 here in this realm in tonight's mm-hmm. session but the the security and privacy of our students is obviously of the utmost importance of but being able to use the Google tools and everything else has really afforded us as educators the opportunity to uh, increase that that engagement, which has been a big struggle since the pandemic started because they were used to that. So, you know, I think, you know, us having the opportunity to do and have your book study at a time where the kids have been in this realm for just about a year now really has given uh, us as educators and all, you know, all of our colleagues kind of food for thought of how we can bring that level of engagement to another tier.
2: Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I I also felt, I'll just mention this real quick. Um, I felt very fortunate in the timing that the book came out because it came out in, (laughs) came out in March of 2020 or April, March or April. I can't remember exactly when it was. And, um, behind the scenes see a lot of people don't know this behind the scenes we were having discussions on oh man because a lot of people were who had books that were getting ready to come out at this time had the big discussion when the pandemic hit is it a good idea to put this out right now everybody's sort of struggling right now is it appropriate to do is it helpful to do is it going to be good for the book is it going to be good for people and um I remember talking to Dave Burgess, my publisher and the author of Teach Like a Pirate. Um, We talked about it and I was like, you know, it seems like now is kind of the perfect time for this book to come out because a lot of people are trying to make sense of technology. And I don't know about you, but it was like, for a lot of teachers, it was, we get into this remote teaching and we're just trying to survive. And it was like break glass in case of emergency. That's where we were at that point, you know, like if we were, it was almost like we were thrown out of a boat and we were just trying to get back to the surface of the water to get a breath. And it was like, can I get some lessons up on our learning management system by Monday? So kids will have something to do on Monday. And after we kind of like got past that emergency stage, it was still a lot of, what can i do what can i do what can i do and one of the big things that wasn't as much in people's minds because we were in that survival mode was how can we make learning engaging how can we make it fun how can we bring joy to it how can we bring joy to it for the kids how can we bring joy to it for ourselves you know and um you know that's really the heart of the book that's the whole reason that i wrote it so um when it came out it just seemed like it hit at the right time where a lot of people were just looking for some joy in some way, shape or form, especially in remote learning, especially for kids. I mean, we heard all of the horror stories in the news, you know, and we saw some of them in our own buildings, you know, of like, you know, kids who were burdened and bogged down with lots of stuff. And, you know, on top of all the concerns that we had in the world and everything, it was tough. And um, so I was, I was just, happy that it came out at a time where it was able to serve some people. So I don't know if that's where you were going with that, but I i just, I just kind of felt like mentioning that. I hope that's okay.
0: Absolutely. No. And that's great. You know, to piggyback off that, you know, and when the pandemic hit and the book came out, and even yeah. though, you know, a lot of people, you know, read it, the thing that I know that I can speak of, and I know Dan and, and a couple you know, other people on this call is you know, you were constantly giving, you're one of the most generous people online, you are always sharing and collaborating, and not trying to make a quick buck, uh, you know, off of it, you're helping educators all over, here's this template, try this, try that, you know, you're always willing to, you know, I mean, you answer Twitter messages, you do this, you know, (laughs) all those things, you know, and I know, um, you know, John, John Salmon, he's our STEAM PD specialist, you know, one of the things that I showed him right away was your sticky note, uh, Google slides template. Oh yeah. It was just like, he was like, wow, I don't have to recreate something like Padlet. It just took the place Uh of Padlet with, you know, with a freebie Mm -hmm. and absolutely right away, he started utilizing that in his classroom. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I know I can speak for everybody, you know, in the sense that we're appreciative that you're always so willing to share and collaborate, you know, to give all those things out to, you know, to educators all over.
2: Yeah. I, I'm fortunate that the way things work, see, uh, ditch that textbook and tech like a pirate and all that stuff. That's my full-time job right now. Um, And I feel fortunate that I'm in a position where I can take some of that time and give some of that out for free. Um, You know, that, that really is one of my big passions. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, with all of this stuff that's out there that isn't for free like there's all sorts of stuff on teachers pay teachers you know and like i know that sometimes people put up google slides templates for like three bucks or five bucks or a bundle for nine dollars or something like that and some of you are like i just spent some of that not too long ago um and i'm like i don't want to nickel and dime teachers for google slides templates like you guys spend so much out of your own pockets for your classes and for your students and everything and like Let's not do teachers pay teachers. Let's do Matt gives teachers. I don't know if that makes sense, but like that's, that's kind of what I, what I want to try to go for when, whenever possible. Of course, whenever I write a book, it's nice, you know, for somebody to pay twenty four ninety five for a book or whatever it is, but you know, I can still give away lots of stuff too.
0: That's it. We'll call it, we'll market it as the MGT website. Mac gives teachers website. There you go.
1: There you go. But you know, I just want to echo again, We, we are all appreciative of your time here tonight and then everything you've given us over the years. I know for Andrew and myself, you know, working our position as tech integration specialists, I know a lot of people here, you know, one of the first places we go when we're looking for what, what, what's trending, what's new, what's reliable and what actually makes a difference in the learning environment know, ditch that textbook is that first stop for for cool. me where to go, because because you know where, you know, the community that it's coming from. It's a giving community and it's a community of educators, which is uh, fantastic to have. I mean, it, it just seems like, you know, yeah, this whole personal learning network right out there on Twitter, where people are giving and sharing and doing what's best for students. So, right. um, I, I really appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Absolutely.
0: So Matt, let's talk uh, technology. So we know we're coming out of this pandemic, right? And the learning, you know, learning has evolved, you know, every, you know, all educators capacity has grown tenfold, right? So as we move forward, like, you know, how important is it in the realm of education to make sure that we kind of have a technology floor, for lack of a better term, of where we as educators should, you know, kind of start the year off because you know ideally we're hopeful, and I don't know what's going on in Indiana with you, with your own kids in the school, you mm-hmm. know, we have five days a week, but four days are in person, and that just happened in March. We do have Wednesdays is a remote, fully remote day, yeah. so, um and there's a lot of you know kids that are still home for you know a, a, a number and a variety of, of reasons, um, you know. Um, what are your thoughts on how do we as educators, you know, create these experiences, continue and to evolve with the learning that we've had and lift other educators up, uh, you know, our yeah. colleagues at the same time?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I was mentioning earlier, it seems like, um, you know, there were a lot of people who talked about how they were convinced that remote learning was broken and thereby, or therefore education was broken. And, you know, you heard all of the, all of the frustrations. And of course there, there certainly were frustrations, but I, you know, I, I know for a fact, some kids thrived during remote learning and some teachers, even if they didn't thrive 100% all the way across the board, it's like almost everybody I've talked to found something that they liked during that time that they think that they're going to keep. You know, um, in fact, I'm I'm super curious if it's OK, um, could I ask anybody who uh, has an answer to that? Like, um, was there something within remote learning that you discovered that you think you'll keep around? Would you drop that in the chat? Um, I'm super curious to see what what you all have to say. And um, I think that's part of while you're typing. That's part of my I think my answer to that question is. If we found something that really worked with kids or that really worked for us in our attempts to serve our kids, then maybe that's what we hang on to. You know, it's not necessarily to say that, oh, we have to, you know, go 100% digital all the time. But if it makes sense, you know, if it's, if it's something that levels up our teaching um, I kind of look at it this way: like, if this was the level where our our teaching was before, and if something that we learned in remote learning causes it to do, I may be oversimplifying this, but this is the best way it, it makes sense in my brain. If something that we learned makes it do this, then we keep it. You know, I mean, it's. I think I think it's just as as simple as that. Um, I'm starting to see some of those uh, comments come in. I wanted to uh, yeah see read what about, some of those said. Le- go ahead, yeah, go ahead. yeah. Lisa says the versatility of Google Slides. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. I I, I like to joke that um, I would try to solve all of education's problems with the right Google Slide Deck. Right. It's called <laughs> the Swiss Army Knife. Uh, see, there's another Google Teacher podcast reference. I, I love it. I love it. Very nicely done. Uh, Claire said, I was pushed to learn some more ways of using technology in the classroom and feel comfortable doing it. That's great. And, you know, that's like, validation right that that it's that it's working um john said virtual grade level meetings covering more ground at one time ah see that's great i think i wonder what um the effects of the pandemic are going to do to our abilities to meet i think it uh, highlighted how important face to face meetings are for some things and how efficient we can be and how much more we can get done if we don't have face to face meetings Things, you know, and learning when to deploy them and and how. Uh, Megan said the versatility of Google Meets. You got the breakout rooms. You got yeah, and a lot of that. Um, actually, Megan, I think that's interesting that you mentioned that. I've heard some people saying that one of their favorite things out of remote learning was the Zoom chat or the Google Meet chat. Being able to engage kids. I know the chat makes some people roll their eyes and it makes them frustrated because you know who knows what the kids are going to type in there. But with some people, they were able to engage kids in those chats in different ways and in better ways, not always better, not like it's you know across the board better, but in some ways it was better. And um, they wanna find ways to be able to carry that over. I'm actually working right now on a uh, blog post I'm gonna to publish tomorrow um, about, uh, you know it's like five ways to keep that Zoom chat idea in the face-to-face classroom. Um, so I'm going to have that coming out in my, uh, email newsletter at, uh, ditch that textbook tomorrow. Um, Wendy mentioned Flipgrid. I feel like, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I feel like Flipgrid was one of the heroes of remote learning because it let us see each other's faces and hear each other's voices. And we didn't have to be on a live video call. And, um, you know, I think those of us that learned how to blend the, you know, face-to-face at the same time, versus the on your own time. Um I think that that ended up being huge. I know for me, I've got three kids at home, freshman, 7th grader, 5th grader. And when all three of them were asked to be on a live video call at the same time, our rural internet could not keep up. So being able to, you know, do that I'm trying to avoid that word. You know, those big long words one of them starts with an A i saw on facebook i saw a meme on facebook that was like somebody losing their mind going if i have to hear the words asynchronous and synchronous one more time just because it was over and over and over again were you guys like that too did you kind of get sick of those words yeah yeah
0: definitely
2: (laughs) i remember doing doing trainings at the beginning of it and i'm trying to like teach people what those words are and now everybody wants to punch me in the face whenever i say them (laughs) so um Uh, Jocelyn says online tutoring, which is, which is awesome. Being able to, you know, provide that extra support. Uh, Laura says something as simple as Google classroom to stay organized. Yeah. Um, and not just learning how to use Google classroom, but Laura says to stay organized, like learning how to do it effectively so that, you know, we can, so we, we can do what we need more efficiently. Nicole says student choice. My goodness. The, the, I really feel like the ones that did the best, Remote teaching and remote learning were the ones who built some choice in because you have that flexibility. If we're doing, th- sorry, I'm going to use the word again. Uh, if we're doing things asynchronously and kids can do them on their own time, if we give them a few options or if we let them self select some options, like how is that different? And a lot of times it doesn't even take us extra time to plan. So I thought that was huge. Um, Deanne says, I was using minimal technology before, but there are so many things I'll continue using from here on in. Those are the success stories I love to hear. Um, Jennifer says, Google Slides for reading comprehension, uh, enabling students to mark up the passage in various ways. That's super cool. When you get a passage of text and you can like write on it or put little circles around it or comments. Nancy says, online extra help. Uh, Brianna says, stepping out of the comfort zone. Uh, Jocelyn, online department meetings. Yeah, there's a bunch of them in here that are really good. I don't want to like, I mean, you can kind of read the comments too. Um, (laughs) Jocelyn says, no, 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 no all problems can be solved with Google sheets, Google sheets. I've got, um, a friend who teaches in, uh, she used to be in California. Now she's in Kansas named Alice Keeler. She co-authored one of the books with me, uh, uh ditch that homework. And she says, uh, all pro- she's with you. All, all problems can be solved with the right Google sheet. So, um, so yeah, anyway, I'm seeing lots of good stuff in here. And so thank you all for, for sharing that, that, And that's not to say that remote learning was all sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs, you know, I mean, it wasn't fantastic all the time, but I think there are definitely wins and Andrew to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, like it does give us the opportunity to level up, to change some things. Um, You know, before uh, a lot of us were clamoring to try new things with technology and step out of your comfort zone. Well, by golly, we all just got shoved out of our comfort zones for a year, you know, right. so hopefully there's some results of that that come around. And um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things I'm excited about, about all this. So thank you. I thank you for asking that. I'm glad we got to talk about that. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: So when we talk about like, you know, you know, we know you're still doing the blogging and we know that the podcast mm-hmm. is kind of sunset for now, for those who don't know, Matt right. had uh, a podcast called the Google teacher podcast. It's still available. There's a hundred and fifty something episodes,
2: mm-hmm. right? something like that.
0: So uh, if you go back and listen to episode one, you'll be like, "Whew, that was a long time ago." That that platform has changed
2: oh. thousands of times now. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to listen to episode one either. Oh, it was, it was a little bit dread. That's the way every episode one should be on a podcast. I think it should be dreadful compared to your hundred and fiftieth episode.
0: That's it. But he's got you know that so as far as inspiration, like what's coming next, Matt, what, and we know you're, you know, you're speaking a lot of virtual conferences now you're blogging, you know, uh, are you writing another book? Are you going to go back into the podcast world? Cause you also had the ditch that textbook podcast, which was, you know, a nice five, seven minute podcast with a quick tip, you know? Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, that one was fun. Um, I I ended up finding that it was, I was, when I first started it, it's like any other project that I do. I don't know if any of you are like this with like projects around your house or anything else you take on. You're like, oh, that won't take that long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me, it's always like three times longer than I expect it to be. So I'm like five minute podcast, no big deal. I'll just record it on my phone. I've got an app that helps me publish it. Like you know it'll it'll be easy it'll be no big deal and then it was taking like hours out of my week every single week so um that one probably will not come back around but um i am working on another book right now um so i i did the the book um do more with google classroom i'm working with a co-author to do one for the canvas learning management system so we're focusing specifically on that um i'm sure there will be another book at some point but um one thing that I'm doing right now that's kind of cool is um, I'm working together with a uh, fellow, you know, uh, teacher, author, speaker, person named Holly Clark. Um, the two of us together are doing a, uh, a teacher membership. So it's like a monthly thing where we, um, there's a couple of parts to it. One is Holly and I do all of the nerdy research about what works in education. you know, We'll pick a topic for a month and we'll do a bunch of nerdy research and we'll put it into this little research cheat sheet. So in like just a few pages of little quick takeaways, it's like, here's what the research says, here's what you can do in class. So we kind of boil it down to that. We have a community, like a Facebook community where people can interact and everything. But the thing I love about it the most is that um, we've got this members only podcast in it where you get like a little five to 10 minute snippet every day from us. And we talk about the topic and we talk about some of the things that are going on in the Facebook group and everything. And you can only get that podcast through the, the membership and everything. And um, we thought that that podcast might be listened to by people on their way to school or on their way home from school, you know, like on their commute. So we called the whole membership, the drive. And so that's that's kind of what we're working on right now. I've never done anything like this before, but um, it's fun to get to know people a little more deeply. Because a lot of times, you know, whenever I get to go work with schools or school districts, it's like I'm there for a day and then I go back home. And um, so, anyway, that's that's kind of what it all is also going on. Oh, Art says I've enjoyed Matt's TikTok videos. <laughs> I am on TikTok. TikTok is super fun. Can I see show of hands in your screens? Like, how many of you do TikTok? Do any of you do TikTok? I see one hand, two hands, three hands. Okay. All right. That's cool. I didn't do, I mean, before I started recording TikTok videos, I didn't really do it myself. And uh, it's been super fun. It's a different group. They do a lot of like, here's what it's really like to be a teacher type of stuff. (laughs) You know, like teacher, like real life stuff. Um, And there's some people that are really funny on there. So anyway, yeah, that's the long answer to your short question.
0: That was a great interview with Matt Miller. Uh, we have to break it down into two episodes, so stay tuned for part two of our interview with Matt on the next episode. Once again, thank you for all your support, listening on all the platforms, leaving us a review. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out. TechCard, work smart, live, and adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at a Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.